What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. And today I sit down with one of the absolute best craftsmen in the painting game, Zach Kenny. Not only is he a craftsman when it comes to the application of paint, he's a craftsman when it comes to building his business. And that is what I love. So uh, tune in right now. He's dropping some gems. We got book rent recommendations. We've got some notable quotes uh, that I think you're going to really get some value out of. And the, this starts right now. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What is going on, everyone? I'm here with uh, Zach Kenny of ZK Finishing uh, up in, and now you're in Boston? Yeah. Oh, man. So really, man, I, you know, I, I saw you at the uh, PC Expo. I'm so upset I didn't get to get to your booth, as I told you. Uh, you were doing the virtual uh, spring. I love that. You know, really, um, seeing you in this group and seeing some of the things you post, you know, I was actually, uh, really wanting to start off with, you know, what, what is it about you guys, man? Like why, why is it that every time you post something, uh, the standard is so high? I mean, what is that in you that just says, you know, if I'm going to touch something, it's going to be to the highest possible standard. And, you know, you see people talk about pricing, right? You know, it's so hard to sell X, Y, Z, you know, tell me how you're building value with customers in a way that just gets them to say yes. I mean, how do you really separate yourself to the to the point where you're almost an outlier, in my opinion, in, in, in the painting space? How do you find those those niche clients? Let's start there. Yeah. So, I mean, I let's start with like I I'm obsessed with craftsmanship and have been since the first time I touched a brush when I was 14 years old. So my I have a, a rich history of bosses. Uh, being frustrated by how much attention to detail I was showing toward like a window sash and like, Hey man, like we're not getting paid to restore this. You just got to paint it and move on. Uh, so that's sort of like in my DNA, I guess I love the craft. Uh, and so when I went out on my own uh, about 12 years ago, it was always the goal to push the level of craftsmanship. It was very much an ego driven thing. I like, you know, it's embarrassing. Like I was embarrassed. I was like, I was dating a girl who was in medical school when I first started and like talking with all these people and you're like, yeah, I'm a paint contractor. And it, that always had such a negative connotation that I would like, but I do like really high end stuff. And like, you know, it was like a <laughs> bunch of like qualifying after yeah. to like not yeah. feel so insecure. Yeah. So I think it very much started there. Um, but it's now turned into a very profitable, like it, we have a, we have a target market, a very clear idea of who our ideal client is. And we serve them. We built a company to serve them better than anybody else. Um, and so, like you were saying, yeah, we sell expensive. Like, we are always the most expensive. And quite often, we're, you know, two and three times the price of other people. Uh, we're selling, like, multi-six-figure jobs uh, on the regular now. It's, it's insane. Um, and, but it's, it's all because we're adding a ton of value. Like, the client understands you get what you pay for. And we, the sales process is a very involved um, two to three hour process of 
trying to understand what makes somebody tick, what really, what really matters to you. Here's a suggestion. What do you think about this? Really boiling down the essence of what does a client want and then writing the scope of work that hits that. And so if you do that properly, my experience is the price, it's a lot easier to, for a client to digest right. it if you've right. demonstrated value. It's subjective, right? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, hey, listen, you know, but but it's but it's your job to advocate that. And I think as you grew your business and as you know your reputation began to take, you know, to take uh to take its, you know, to snowball into what it is now, you know, I think that became a lot easier. And I think there was probably a point in time where it was almost like, you know, someone say, Hey, come and and refinish this door. And you really had to go into a lot of depth into how exactly that's gonna happen in a way to justify, hey, this is gonna be an eight thousand dollar, you know, project you know, knowing, knowing what's all involved in that when they may have gotten a bid for two grand. Did you find that it was really hard for you to, you know, in other words, you know, we know building value, but almost sell your craftsmanship to uh, these customers when the standard wasn't even close. And I know that's yeah. happened. It's probably still happening now, but you probably have a pretty good pre-qualification process at this time. But I know there was a time where you didn't. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So today we, we, we close about 80% of our proposals because it's really hard to get me to come out and look at your job. Yeah. Uh, I have a very clear idea, but for in the beginning, um, I had, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to do this work and I had a general idea that there were people out there who like paid for upgraded appliance right. packages and paid for like maybe and like, it just seemed like it was reasonable. They would also pay for an upgraded paint package. Right. So it started off by like figuring out how to do the work. So I like begged a client, on an exterior about five, six years, five years ago, probably I begged them to let me do a high gloss entry door for like 800 bucks. And I was like, please, like, let me do this. It's going to be unbelievable. I got to take your door. Yeah. You know, of course, like you're like at the time it was really hard and scary to ask for somebody's door for two weeks. I think I asked for it for a week. Yeah. Uh, today we say we need your door for two to three weeks and I have a state of the art facility, yeah. but I'm like, today I'm like, Hey, you want it or do you not want it? Right. Back then I was like, please, please can you like let me paint yeah. your door? Like yeah. I'll yeah. do a really good job. Like, <laughs> like that's how it was because right. I didn't have any proof of concept right. and I couldn't show them anything. I don't think that was before Instagram was probably popular as well. Yes. Right. So you didn't really have Instagram. Wow. So, so at it that was point. very much like there's this idea. Let me tell you about this idea. And like, Will you trust me? So then, of course, the first time I took the door and I needed it for like three weeks and I kept messing up and, you know, you you start to learn like how much it costs to do the work. You know, at first it was like, I just want to sell it for whatever it takes for this guy to at least pay me some amount of money to try to figure this process out. Right. Uh, once I had done it enough times, you start to realize like, oh, wow, like I can't do what I'm doing and not charge, you know, $7,000 to paint a door. Um. And so I think the like understanding how to do it came first and then being able to advocate for that. So then it's like, okay, the next five clients later, you've got your process down, you have some like portfolio and you're like, so here's this door. If you want this door, here's how much it costs. And it's just, it's a lot easier when you have a proof of concept. Right. Right. There's a, there was a post that you put out, um, probably a year ago now time is time has really flown but when i saw it i was like oh 
this guy's on it, right? So you were doing a door and you actually broke down the process of building a wooden enclosed uh, structure, obviously, in place of the door. And yeah. I just thought it was brilliant. I just thought that, you know, wow, that is how it's done. And I think, you know, um, I'm sure that's, I don't know if it's common. I don't know if it's not, but these are questions that maybe customers have like, okay, you want to remove my door. Well, what's going to happen here? Do you put a plastic sheet up? Am I going to be safe? And uh, what I loved about what you did was it was so precise. I mean, you really broke down the whole, remember that video? It was like you outside yeah. in the van. And I think like, you know, you're just like, you know, cutting your wood and like making this door, uh, you know, and I think that that's really cool, man. You know, I think like that just showcases, you know, how serious you take it. And it, again, building value is, is what, is what I preach. And I think, you know, you hit that on the head there. I really appreciated watching that. Yeah. And that, so that again, came from trial and error. Like the first time you're like, please, can I take your door? I know, like, I'll bring it right back. And like, well, what are you going to do? And you're like, uh, like, I, I got to put some plywood up. Now I'm like, Miss Jones, I'm going to take your door for two to three weeks. I'm going to put up a piece of plywood. The whole neighborhood's going to be like, what's going on over there? Ah. And then we're going to bring back a piece of art and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. A piece right. Of so the, like the exact same <laughs> yeah. thing is going to happen. Yeah. But when you understand, A, when I know and I can stick behind it, when they push me, well, could you bring it back in a week and a half? No, I can't. Here's why. And then shut up. Right. It's all like negotiation is one on one. Yeah. It's like, say what you have to say. And the first one who talks loses. Yeah. I used to like negotiate against myself all the time. Oh, well, uh, uh, average, and now it's just like, I want to hear some, some general number average door costs on a, on a refinishing of a door. What are you charging? Like on a, on a 7,000 is the average cost seven, of a, seven of a single grand. door. Yeah. $7,000 to paint one door. Yeah. Now you're huge on fine paints of Europe. How does that work in terms of uh, distribution to you? Do you have a local store or are they shipping it to you? I don't yeah. really know. I have never used that paint. We have a number of, I'm lucky. I'm in an awesome market, the Boston market now. And even in Rhode Island, like we have a number of, of uh, distributors so we can just go pick some. Perfect. Up. Yeah. So in terms of costs, I mean, hardly anything aside from labor. Now, one thing that I've always said is that it's very hard to scale skill. And I assume that you being such a, such a craftsman, you know, at some point or another, you said, Hey, I, I could, I could probably get some help here. And at one point or another, that was probably a challenge to you. Probably the same limiting beliefs you hear everyone say is that no one will do it as good as me. How have you yeah. combated that in your business? Now tell me, and I'm sure we're going to transition to ZK, you know, finishing school. And I know, I don't know, tell me a little more about that. If it's an internal thing, or if you're, you know, helping other people. I want to know a little bit more, but how did you combat that? Because people at one point or another probably said, we want Zach to do our door. And that was probably a little bit of a crossroads for you. So how did you navigate that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you sell, you build a business model around what you can do well. And so when you're the sole proprietor and you're the guy on site every day in the sales process, like you sell that real hard. And then right. the clients who care about that hire you. Uh, that's what I sold forever. Like, I'm going to touch this. I'm going to own this. It's all me, yeah. me, me. And, and then the clients who like, like the sound of that, they hired me. Well, today I don't, I haven't painted in two or three years. It's a completely different model. But so I sell speed and, and reliability. Yeah. And so communication, speed, reliability. Everything. Yeah. It's like low, we are high quality, low risk at scale. That's my value. That's, problem. that's the dream. Yep. You know, to be able to keep the qualities high. So yeah. And so what, here's, so we are an all subcontractor based model now, what? which, which is no one believes is possible. Right. I had, I had a lot of head trash around subcontractors can't do high quality work. Right. Right. 
I think that's a very well established myth in our industry. What I have learned through sort of serendipity is it's not about subs not being able to do good work. It's that most sub, the guys who are subcontracting, they suck at sales and marketing. Like that's not what they got into this business to do. So what ends up happening is, and also I think generally the sub model is, is pretty messed up. It's more of like a broker model of like, I have a job, you go do it, collect the check. I'm not involved and give me my percentage. Right. We do a very much of a, like, we are here to add a ton of value to the client and to the sub. So I'm going to make the subs life easy. I'm going to make the client's life easy. And that's how I justify my money. I take out of the equation. So what I've found is we sell, we're a professional sales, marketing and management company. I can sell a job for more than the sub could sell the job for anyway. Like, if the, whatever I give the sub, they weren't going to sell that same exact job for nearly that amount. So they're getting more what money you than give they them. would. <laughs> yeah. What I give them is right. more than they would sell it for themselves. Right. Um, and what I found is if you, most guys who are these subs, like most humans want to do good work. Like people want to do and feel good about what they do every day. But if, if I give a sub a $3,000 budget to paint a kitchen, he's going to figure out a way to like not, pay to paint the kitchen so he's going to reverse engineer backwards and he's going to cut a lot of corners and it's not going to be pretty but if i gave that same sub ten thousand dollars to paint that kitchen and i support him a little bit magically high quality work gets done and so what i what i recognize is our industry is 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 just we are so competing on price everyone is racing to the bottom the easiest way to sell a job tomorrow if you need to get work lower your price that's always going to be the case but it so if you good for survival, bad for scale. Yes. And bad for profitability over time. So I am a huge, huge believer in marketing. Marketing is the key to my success, period. It's not how good I can paint. I painted really, really well and was dead broke forever. It was <laughs> not about being really good at painting. Yeah, you have to be good at painting. But when I finally saw the light about how powerful marketing could be, it changed everything. Brand recognition, brand identity people will pay a premium for a brand name. And so we have, I've spent a lot of time building a brand. And so it commands a price premium that allows me to make a profit while my sub makes great money, while the client gets a great deal at the end of the day. Amazing. And I think what's, what's interesting is, is that I'm blown away because at first glance, seeing your brand and your business have that subcontractor model, I would have thought that everyone is in-house. So you just blew my lid in terms of what uh, limiting beliefs I had, because, you know, if you, I would say that you're, you're setting the standard in what I've seen, and I've been paying attention to painting businesses around the United States for like four years now. And uh, you guys really do set the standard and you do a really great job of displaying that. Clearly you have like 40,000 followers on Instagram. Um, but what's interesting is, is that uh, the sub model is, uh, you know, that it's a little scary for some, right? And and especially with you guys having such a high reputation, are you training your subs? How does that work? I mean, you know, are, are, are you allowed to train your subs? Like, what does that look like? Like, do, and, you know, I'm sure you have some pretty close-knit subcontractor relationships. Tell me about how, um, how, how does that work? Yeah, so in all of this, so all this started very serendipitously through ZK Finishing School. So through Instagram, um, I, I had no work when I started on Instagram four or five, four years ago, five years ago. Um, I was, I was trying to, I had this idea that I was only going to use fine paints of Europe. I had nobody who wanted to pay me to use fine paints of Europe. 
And so I sort of like, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. And I painted a lot of furniture to try to flip it. Like, that's not a very profitable business model. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Um, I barely made it through that winter, but I started Instagram. And because I was just documenting everything and like following the, very much a Gary Vee mentality to social media, I grew a following and I started to get questions and people asking me things and I would answer them because I had all the time in the world. Hey, call me, man. I'll talk to you for four hours. This is great. <laughs> what an honor that you're asking me. Sure. Uh, 2000 times into 2000 people into asking the same four or five questions. It's and then you start to get busy. It started to drain me out. Like I was I was getting burnout. I was starting to like resent people asking me questions where like it's what made me like I love right. helping people. But scale and time became a thing. I had all the time in the world and no money. And now my time is way uh, less. Right. So one day I was just like, I can't keep asking, answering all these questions. Um, and so I was just like, I'm going to start a school where we teach classes on painting. Love it. And I posted a story that day, sold out the first class. I did see and, that, man. You guys had the clean brochures. Like that was really well done. I actually followed along on, the, I think the first day had like ZK on the, on the folders, man. It was really well done. Yeah. We, we got certificates for everybody, Love but I, I've been to a number of classes. And so I, I knew what I didn't like and what I did like about going to classes. And, and right. the real thing is about learning, real learning, right? A year from now, I want someone to come to, who comes to our school to be living and breathing a different type of life and practicing a different okay. type of life. What I, it's easy to have, I could bring a bunch of people, people to my shop. I have a state of the art facility. We're going to nerd out about paint for two days. You're going to go home full of energy, no matter what. And all like excited. And I did that. I left classes all excited, but I didn't have any real learning. And so a year later, my life didn't look any different. So I started, we, we started just experimenting with, you know, teaching, uh, we use fine paints of your palm like brilliant as our, like, if you can use this, you can do anything. Right. And so we started teaching these in-person classes and through that I met my first sub and I just, there was a project that was far away from me that I was too busy to get to. And I was like, Hey man, you really want to do a high gloss <laughs> ceiling? Like let's team up. I'll support you on doing this. And it went really well. And it just, one thing led to another, we'd brought him on another project and now you know, we'll sub well over a million dollars worth of work to him this year. Crazy. You know, it's interesting how that just organically occurred. And it was almost like you had to be forced to try it to be like, oh, this works. You know, it's kind of similar to me when COVID hit. I thought I had to be at every single estimate and uh, in order to sell work. And what was cool is that, you know, I definitely distanced in the beginning. And it was cool because I could sell these the jobs virtually. I'm like, OK, we're doing virtual estimates now. Right. So it was actually insane to see how adoptive people adoptive people were to sending photos and now that's a part of our business. You know, it's almost like we can almost quote anything virtually. Um, no problem at all. Build value over the phone. Jump on FaceTime if needed. And that saved me a ton of time. And it actually got to the point where I don't even have to do estimates on, on the ground anymore in my own business. So uh, I could see how that organic approach to subcontractors would work. You know, um, you know, one thing I'm curious about, you know, in, in terms of uh, your your role daily, you know, what is it that you focus on? You know, you don't clearly don't have any pain on you. Um, do you just step in for the Instagram shoots? Like what is going on? Because I think I've yeah. seen you in a couple recently, but yeah. are you just quality controlling, just building up the following? Um, My how, job do you, is, how do you handle people that reach out to you from out of state? Because I know they probably want your, your work, too. Yeah. How do you handle that? Uh, unfortunately, like we're happy to travel out of state. Like have a lot of people talking to us, we yeah. will do it, but we're already the most, like by far the most expensive in our area. 
now you're going to pay for my hotel and lodging and my travel like per diem. Uh, we're doing a project that's like, it's not, it's still in Massachusetts, but it's like so far away. We have hotel and travel expenses wow. included. Um, they, they come up, but um, they're incredibly cost prohibitive right now. Sure. Um, so we're not really focused on that, but my job is sales and business development, marketing, um, and then management, overall management of the company. So I, I, I step in for technical stuff. Um, I'm still, you know, a massive paint nerd, master craftsman. I understand painting at its like core level. So I'll step in and help with like order of operations, maybe a little like technical stuff here and there. But at um, one point you were a technician, man. You were the guy doing it and you've I've grown. I've until my fingertips were bloody yeah, it's crazy. my entire life. That's yeah. what I love doing. And, 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 and you don't have that itch anymore. Do you feel like you graduated from, from that or do you, are you just yeah. at a place where you're more of a teacher, right? Like you're, you're more of a consultant to others. Uh, you know, is that kind of what's happening? Yeah. I, it, it's kind of a combination of two things. Um, I was sick of being broke. Um, so there was that. And then I was also like, I understand that I could, I started to, some smart people told me you, you can do a lot more with your head than you can with your hands. Uh, you can affect a lot of change. Like I'm a big believer in karma. And so like by doing what I'm doing, like I'm scaling this company to where we plan to scale this to, um, I can affect and, and positively affect way more lives by being the CEO or the president of like managing the company than by being the guy who applies the paint. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's well, it's such a narrow focus when, so many people are counting on you. And I think like for me, it was the same thing. Just, you know, you got to have the, somebody's got to be looking from the top down to, to make sure people are, are doing their job, doing okay. Um, how do you, you know, how, how do you balance, uh, you know, uh, inconsistency in production, man? Sub calls you, customers upset. I think touch-ups are probably the hardest part of your business if there are any and any cabinet refinishers that I've spoke to. Uh, very stressful aspect of the business. I mean, what is your, what is your protocol with those and, and how do those get addressed in a way that doesn't cause a ripple? So I think that, uh, so my favorite business book, I'm, I, I won't stop talking about it ever. It's called Understanding Michael Porter. If you are in business and you have not read Understanding Michael Porter, you're, you're missing out. All right, hold um, on. What's it? So we have a business book recommendation. Understanding Under Michael Porter. Michael Porter. And what does that have to do with business? Because I've heard of a lot of business books and never in my life have I heard this book before. That's because this is this is what the big boys are reading. Ah, uh, I like one, that. one of my one of my clients who's one of the most famous and, and huge money managers in Boston has a reading list that everyone who works for him has to read. And this is he gave me that list, and this is the best book I read on that list. Interesting. So um, give me a synopsis. So it's, it, it breaks, it's, it's really about strategy and competitive advantage and understanding business models. And so understanding competitive advantage in general is, is something that has to be built into your business model. It takes time and, and it's not something you can just buy and out executing the competition is not a strategy, right? It's understanding, adding a bunch of things up equals a better total outcome for the client. It's how do, that's, it's a, it's a much more meta build, put the pieces together, pretend your revenue is a thousand X and you are a CEO managing managers. How are you going to build your company's model? Who's your target client and what's your value chain? What are the series of things you do 
that add up to a greater value for the client than anybody else, right? It's very much a, a big picture looking of, of business models uh, and not just saying I'm going to out execute or I'm going to be the best. These are right. not strategies, right? Because it doesn't really matter. And it's not like, you know, it's one of those things we're not competing iPhone versus uh, Android here. You know, this is, uh, you know, most of what we offer is a custom service. And would you agree that everyone needs to be sold differently? Every job needs to be done differently. Um, and in terms of uh, competition, I'm sure you don't even, you don't even look at what the competition is doing. You're saying focus yeah. more narrowly on your own processes in a sense that any deviation from that could lead you astray, right? I mean, is, is that, is that the yeah. mindset? It very much like the key piece to this is trade-offs. You cannot have real competitive advantage and real strategy without making trade-offs. You yeah. cannot be all things, all people. And so saying no is very important, right? Ah, tell me about that because I think you, know, you say I no. This week. I, I say no a lot. Yeah, what do you think of my really book? Hard. I, I love it. it yeah. It's a, that because, and that's what it speaks to what we're talking about of like, so I have, a, I have this like this invisible circle inside of this circle are all of the human beings that are my ideal client, right? There's, they are, they value what mm -hmm. we offer. Our value yeah. prop lines up with what they value, yeah. right? And so we spend a lot of time understanding who these people are, what makes them tick, and how yeah. can we better serve them? Yeah. And the people just outside of that circle, yeah. they're the worst. Yeah. They're the people who want us to open their, our circle up and include them. And then yeah. we lose all of our value prop, all yeah. of our, our, our value chain of the things yeah. we do that make efficiencies goes out the window, and then there goes the profit. Yeah. So- it's when you understand the, strategy, or the process, right? It's like a major ripple. Well, the process ruins not following process, which you've designed, which is profit. makes you efficient, yeah, ruins your process, your profit. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so that that's a long answer to I, culture. Like I've built a brand. What it, what it, like what it means to be a Yankee. It like, when you play for the Yankees, it Ooh. means something, right? Yeah. When you play, when you paint for ZK painting, it means. Oh man, I love this topic. Cause what, well, hold on. I got to stop you because the thing about it is, is that now, do you even have employees? I have one in-house employee and then myself and my business partner are employees of the company. But is there somewhat of a wait list to become a subcontractor for you? Is there some sort of barrier to entry at this, oh, at this stage? Right. hundred percent. Right. So tell me what that looks like, because in the same way, I'd like to kind of compare that to some of the hiring principles in employee model companies like myself. It's almost like, yeah, I am the big leagues in my area in terms of, you know, at least at the very least customer service. Right. Maybe we're not highest level quality first shot, but we won't leave until the customer's happy. You know, we have that level of standard. Our online reputation exudes that. Right. And somebody looking to work for a house painting company sees that and says, you know, I want to be a part of that. And I think what you just told me is that you have that same thing, but subcontractor model, I'm interested in seeing what that filtering out process is. Um, so tell me about that and, is, and tell me about the wait list if there is one. Yeah. So it's very much a, uh, we, we're, we've been interviewing subs lately. We're starting to bring on, we're, we're cultivating a list, right? Of, here's what you're good at. Like, I want to, I want to know how I can make you money sub like tell me what you want to do tell me what you don't want to do tell me the area you want to work in tell me the stuff that you do well the stuff you don't do well right and i will start to build a profile of who you are and what types of jobs i can offer you and then obviously i'm not going to just offer you a $250,000 interior repaint tomorrow like i'm going to start you on a small five to ten thousand dollar job Dude, wait, wait, you wait. Know, 
Tell me you've you've sold the two hundred fifty thousand dollar repaint before. I, we have one starting May fifth. I just sold a hundred eighty thousand dollar one last week. I have a six hundred sixty thousand dollar one, hoping to close this week, <laughs> and a three hundred thirty thousand dollar one. Retirement this week. That's it. That's crazy, man. How long <laughs> do some of these jobs take? Just curious. Uh, so the two hundred fifty thousand dollar one will be done in six weeks. Six weeks. Goodness yeah. gracious, man. That's kind of like the, amazing. I love it. They're and paying then, a premium for that, right? They're paying a premium for listen up quality. Listen, there's, there's, there's more, there's more. And it's interesting. And what that does is just showcase people are willing to pay for quality and I'm product focused, right? So, you know, you've seen I've drip jobs and what's interesting is, is that I'm not going crazy with marketing. I don't even care. I'm so focused on making the product, the best possible product that it could possibly be to the point where it's undeniable when it comes time to pay for it and use it because it's just, there's nothing better. Right. And it's almost like you're doing that. Well, you are in a sense that like it's either you you go with us and you know what's going to be done to the standard of which that we both expect or you risk it with someone else. High like quality, low risk at scale. Love That's it. Our That's our value prop. High quality, low risk at scale. When you um, have more money than you have time, yeah. you are you are much more likely to pay the premium to not take a risk. Agreed. And that's what we sell. Right. The brand Agreed. name. When you right. buy Tylenol versus CVS brand, it's yeah. because you trust Tylenol a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah. And you're going to pay that extra dollar, you know? Yeah. No, I love that, man. There was a, uh, yeah, man, there was so much you said here. I want to, I want to try to get as much out of you as I, as I can. When it comes to somebody wanting just a, a cabinet refinishing job and they come across your, you know, your brand, what is, what is, what does that intake look like? I mean, what, what can they expect? Like, how do you filter out? Who's a good fit? Who's who's not a good fit? Tell me about that pre-qualification process. The first question is, how'd you hear about us? Every time. And that's going to really tell me a lot. Uh, we've I never saw your Instagram, job. right? Like, exactly. that's a good one because that's, it's like, that's it. That's that's a golden yeah. nugget, right? Yeah. If you say Google, I, I've never sold a job through Google. Wow. Um, probably never will. Yeah. That is not where we're going to find our clients. Wow. Uh, our clients are not going to Google to research painters. Yeah. Um, because again, they want low risk and they want quality and it's just, it is what it is, right? Um, so it's the first question is, how'd you hear about us? Oh, you know, Mrs. Jones, you did her kitchen and she said it was great. Well, I already know like Mrs. Jones, first thing she said was like, like these guys are great, but they're expensive, right? Yeah. You're going to pay for what you get. Yeah. Is so what they, Mrs. Jones is for you. If you call so them. So we already know. Yeah. They're in the same neighborhood. They, so again. she knows Miss Jones paid. Our average kitchen is probably twenty to thirty thousand dollars for a kitchen cabinet refinish. Amazing. Um, so, like, they she kind of knows that. And then I'm gonna very quickly I'm gonna throw those numbers out. Right. Like, all right. So our average kitchen is twenty five to thirty thousand uh, dollars. Depends on what it is. Blah blah blah. Let me tell you about our process. Here's what it's gonna be like. Uh, what matters to you? Tell me some more. And then I'm gonna ask for pictures. And then yeah. through pictures, I can give you a rough budget. And if the rough budget lines up, then we're gonna schedule a time to come out. And we're going to go through a, a much more um, involved sales process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of the time, if they don't have a designer on board, we're going to suggest a designer because if you're going to spend 25, 30,000, you better have colors you love. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's, it's very much a understanding. Um, but, you know, it's really easy that that's a five minute phone call. Um, yeah. And so if, if they can pass those few hurdles, all right, I'm happy to come out. Yeah. Now, do you have an estimator or is it you? It's me. Interesting. Ah, that's what I was wanting to hear. There's but, no reason. There's I mean, no reason. I can sell. Selective. 
Yeah, that's, I can sell yeah. such a large volume. I could probably sell six to eight million myself. You know, crazy because of the size of the projects yeah. and how fast we estimate. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and it's only compounding from here, though. Do you feel as though that at some point in time you're going to have to release yourself from that role as well, or is that something? That you've got? Yeah, yeah. We want to do. I want to do twenty five million in the Boston area in ten years. So, in order to do that, yeah. like. Yeah, I'm going to have to scale things. But right now we're focused on building systems and processes and executing for our clients, building reputation, building the brand. Um, you know, it, it's been all of this comes from the pain of, of, of difficult experience. Like I've yeah. tried everything, failed at everything. I didn't make a dollar painting in my company for the first like seven or eight years. I paid taxes. I paid seven years worth of taxes in the Crazy. last two years. You could go back and give yourself at a level of let's say the average contractor, maybe he's just trying to figure things out. He's got maybe one or two guys with him and he's trudging along and, and maybe listening to this, trying to get, trying to, trying to get some nuggets from you. I mean, what, what would that be? That transitional piece of advice? Do you think uh, marketing, 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 it's so spend marketing. money it's, to make money. Right. And it's not, it's free. Like, well, it social media marketing. I teach a class on it that, uh, you know, it's the best $1,500 you'll ever spend. It's at ZK finishing school. Through social media for you doing it yourself. It's on. It's, an, it's a Zoom class that I teach. Oh, cool. um, I, and I've had fifty-year-old, two fifty-year-old guys came in with no social media experience. They did half a million in revenue from Instagram last year. Wow! After taking the class, like it's wow. Was it zkfsschool.com? Zkfs.net. Zkfs.net. Got it. It's a. It, there's a very easy way. It's not intuitive necessarily, but it's very easy to start to build a brand through social media with intentionality. Most people don't have intentionality. They don't have a plan. They're just posting some stuff here and there saying, call us for a free estimate, all sorts of stuff that are just not going to help them sell. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you do it properly, um, I think that it's definitely. Do you agree? I mean, in, in other words, it's like, it's weird because of the way that we interact with our friends on social media is conversational. It's checking in on them. And it's almost like, I think where you're getting at is almost without, you know, short circuiting, you know, your advice here, but I'm just saying it's almost like you're documenting and it's almost that the, the flow of the leads are almost, they want to participate in what you're documenting, you know, um, is, is would you agree? I mean, that's, yeah, it's very much the, documenting. It's understanding who your client is first. Yeah. We talked about, you have to understand, you have to have a good business model. You have to right. be a company that you would want your grandma to hire if she was your target market. Right. Yeah. You have to be good first. So go right. get good. A lot of these guys should probably shut down and go work for somebody. Right. It's a hard, it's, it's harder to sell a poor product when you know the product is good. There's a lot of leverage there. No, I love there that. Is. I love there that. Is. So, so ZK, ZK finishing school, can they come up to you or you, do you do those in person? Still? So we do in-person painting courses uh, every other month. We keep it very small. It's all hands on for two days straight. You will walk out a, a much better painter with an understanding of how to go home and really execute like a professional and not like the wild west that we're sort of raised in as painters. Sure. And then the social media class is through zoom. So you can take it remotely. Interesting, man. Well, dude, thanks so much for giving me your time today on the pod. And uh, you know, I'm sure this will get watched a few times on the, uh, on the group. Um, so you gave us a book recommendation, understanding Michael Porter. That's there. Uh, we got some gold nuggets from you, man. Learn how to say no. Uh, that was huge, you know, in terms of just identifying your ideal client and going back to that that message. You know, it's funny uh, before we depart, um, it, you know, everyone just sees money first. Right. It's almost like, oh, how could you give up, you know, all that money? And it's like, 
well, there's always a cost to it. And, and you might not see it up front. And if we're just so price focused and, you know, uh, you know, that could lead us heavily astray. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like you have to eat. Sure. So yeah. I, I, <laughs> that was the only job I had. I mean, hey, hey, if, if you got yeah. nothing else, which I did this for a long time, but what I didn't do was market. Right. Right. I didn't market right. those jobs that I didn't want to be doing. Absolutely. I used them to, I just used them to pay the bills, get by, Hey client, don't tell your friends about this one. And, like, and what I love too, though, is that the fact that the way you market almost pre-qualifies for you. It's like when someone yeah. sees your work, they're like, Oh, that's a little bit different than what I saw that guy, uh, doing the other day on a front door, you know, I mean, seeing it in the shops. But, so. but the same thing can be done. If you, if your competitive advantage is speed and yeah. professionality, professionalism, and you're not like the most expensive, yeah. your social media should beat the drum of that. So that if yeah. I read, if I follow your social media, I understand what makes you special. Agreed. And you, you sing the song that your client wants to hear. Right. Absolutely. So people see my stuff and they're like, well, I don't do like, $7,000 doors. So Instagram's not going to work for me. It's like, well, no, just beat the drum of what your clients hire you for. Exactly. And then more exactly. people will find you. Well, first identify what it is that you do in the way, you know, I think that's important yeah. too. Yeah. Like for us, you know, one of our value propositions is four painters on every job, you know, and a lot of other companies here, two and three. So I hit that hard, you know, it's like, Hey, we're coming, we're a unit, it's a team, you know? Um, so yeah, like you said, you know, beat, beat your own drum. A couple more things I just want to hit on. Uh, being good at painting isn't as powerful as being a great marketer as a business owner, you know, and I think you of all people relaying that should hit the point home, you know, before this conversation, dude, if, if you would have asked me, Hey, what does ZK, what does Zach do? Um, he paints every day. He kills it. He just, you know, he's, he, you know, and, and that's the perception that I, that I had, but I love that behind the scenes, you're this, uh, this, this scientist of marketing. And, uh, I would say that it's working very well. If I have the perception that you're the guy doing it and the quality is where it is, I think you've, 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 you've really done a, a really good job. Um, one of our questions was, uh, can subcontractors, uh, you know, produce quality work? Uh, if you didn't think so before, go look up Zach's company. Um, uh, and then of course, uh, yeah, just want to recap. Thank you so much, Zach, for your time. Yeah. Uh, look forward to seeing your contributions again in the group and, uh, would love to maybe have you back, uh, once you yeah. hit a, hit a different level or you want to share some you more. Should, uh, come take my, come take my social media class. Yeah. And I'll, I'll run you through it. No, no charge to you. Really? I want you, I want you to take this class and I guarantee you it drives serious revenue. Okay. Yeah. If I will say my painting business, Instagram is very weak. Uh, very, very weak. We've been surviving off of Google mostly. So the total anti yeah. an, antithesis. So let of, me, uh, let me help you build. You're going to track revenue from your Instagram. Okay. Followers, likes, views. It's who gives a crap, right? Okay. I'm We're going to start to track revenue from Instagram. And if you do it right, I can show you the formula. I guarantee you start to do real revenue from Let's Instagram organically. Yeah. I would love it. I would love it. Let's do it. Yeah. Don't, don't look at my company Instagram right now. It's weak. We won't. But we're gonna we're gonna fix that. I'm I'm interested. Thank you. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, thanks again. I'm gonna end right. this. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals. It's gonna automatically follow up with your customers. It's gonna allow you to send invoices, estimates, it's gonna allow you to send out blast marketing emails to individuals based on where they are in the buying process this software is next level and i'm reaching out to you you're a listener of this podcast and i want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot so if you want to see what drip jobs can do for your business i'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com 
sign up for a free demo and get your team involved and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is. It's going to save you time. It's going to make you money and you're going to love the features that are built into drip jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out drip jobs in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you and I'll catch you on the next episode.